This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A decent performance, an okay result, but the bad run continues. The Ipswich Town 2-2 yesterday against West Brom. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Break the habit of a lifetime here, guys. I'm going to cut the small talk. There's loads to talk about in this game. So let's get right into it. Getting a bit of noise off one of your mics, guys. So I'm just going to mute both of you. Have a little fiddle. Um, and Ipswich hosting West Brom, who schooled us right properly on 25th of November. Uh, this was the return fixture. And, well... As I say, a lot to get into. Let's dive straight into the teams. If I click the right button, there we go. And for town, uh, we'll come to you, Joe, on this one. Lackey in goal. Clark, Wolfenden, Edmondson, still in no Burgess yet. Davis, Longo, Morsi, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead, and the return. Second debut. I don't know what you call a second debut. Second home debut. Second start debut. For Kiefer Moore, is this McKenna going back to what has got to the party? This eleven, Joe. Yeah, I think it's the probably the strongest eleven we've got available at the moment, isn't there? I know there's. We weren't sure about Cameron Burgess, but I thought by going off for a sort of month mid-season, he's probably going to need to be reconditioned to come back in the team. And he wasn't even on the bench yesterday, so wasn't available. And it just seems, other than the sort of left forward role, every, everything else seems to be picking itself at the moment, doesn't it? And whether it's Nathan Broadhead or Jeremy Salmiento or Marcus Harness, that, that role seems to be sort of up in the air. But it does seem that the other the other guys in there, Wes Burns, Connor Chaplin, are, are just the ones that are so key to how we play, as opposed to maybe not being in the greatest form at times in sort of in their case, in their case, but it seems they're so fundamental to our structure that they keep their place in the team because of what they do there. So, yeah, it's just that left forward role, which is back and forth. But no, great to see Kiefer in there for a debut as well. What was your take on the 11, Dave, and where we are in terms of selection and that ebb and flow of what the strongest 11 is now? Yeah, I think I agree with Joe. I believe, you know, taking a, I suppose, a straw poll of pretty much all who sort of had a go at it on our on our um, Telegram group, I think that was pretty much the 11. Um, everyone picked other than Joe said perhaps potentially Sarmiento for um or or a another for Broadhead Sarmiento didn't do particularly didn't have a particularly great game at Preston did he so perhaps that certainly went against him but no I was pretty much um all all okay with that um with that starting 11 really yeah um West Brom Palmer in goal he was a busy boy Furlong him of the long throw Bartley and Kiprey them of the Big strapping centre-backs that beat up on us a little bit at the Hawthorns. Townsend down the left. Uh, Yakuslu and Mowat sat in front of the uh, back four. The danger man, Jed Wallace, down the right-hand side. Andy Vyman, who scored a lot of goals before a bad injury at Bristol City. Tom Fellows, he's a jolly good fellow. Well, 
We'll talk about him in a little bit. And the excellent Dave, Brandon Thomas Asante up front. A nice mixture and a well-coached team this day. Yeah, I, I think so. A nice mixture of sort of youth and, ex- and experience there. And as you said, Corbyn, yeah, extremely well, extremely well coached. Um, yeah, sort of solid, fairly, fairly solid fairly solid formation and yeah just one or two standout individuals in there for me that uh, well perhaps we'll get to it further on but your Coslu in midfield that going to play centre of half for the oh, second play, well, that, that, I think that very much went in our favour I think um, yeah I mean Jed Wallace and um, yeah Thomas Asante I mean we'll get onto that in a little while yeah some yeah, um, solid very solid side Joe uh, West Brom the best non year one parachute team in the league that we faced well they're certainly the best that's probably the other than Leeds away that's the only time we've been well beaten isn't it in mm. all season and we were well we were well beaten weren't we at the Hawthorns earlier in the season we didn't we didn't lay a glove in them from the first minute till the last so it was a sort of an attempt to try and sort of correct that wrong from earlier in the season and see see if we'd grown from that point well, I mean, looking for positive straight away, Joe, I think um, perhaps we proved we had, obviously, the home advantage. Stay with you, Joe. I thought West Brom were really good for the first eight minutes of this game, well on top, weren't they? Um, they they sit, but what I really liked about how they played us is how uh, Dave pointed out in the last game, when they press and how they commit to the squeeze, and how they commit to this, this is not half fast counter-attacking. This is quickly playing it and Jed Wallace sprinting a, a lot down the right-hand side. Um, I thought we came back into it a little bit, Joe. And then I thought probably after the... Um, someone volleyed one over the bar, Vyman, didn't they? Um, and that kind of took us up to the goal. What, uh, do, do you agree with my assertion? And can you take us up to the goal? Yeah, yeah they started well, didn't they? They had a... Right at the very sort of first minute of the game, wasn't it? That okay, I'll call him rather than his surname because that's what he had on the back of his shirt. Okay, sort of <laughs> nicked the ball in midfield, sort yeah, of put okay. it through Morsey's legs, drove forward and played it to Fellows. And I thought, I thought Fellows was really good in this sort of first fifteen minutes. I know Wallace is probably the one that gets the sort of name recognition and he's got the right, numbers so for him this Joe. year. But, oh yeah, and he's been a good player at this level for Millwall for a, for. A, before he signed for West Brom and took that with him there. But I know I think Fellows looks a real player and just that sort of pace and power of the running that they went with. And as soon as they got the ball, when they broke, they know that sort of our weaknesses, we we play quite high, we commit men forward. And I think it was Andy Vyman as well. He was running off the back of Luongo into that space that was there because Edmondson was being dragged a little bit wider. And it, it did feel that we were really being pulled around when, when they got the ball. And it was, they, they had some... They'd obviously done some game planning of areas which were a little bit weaker in, and it it did seem that their left back was going quite high, which meant Wes Burns was going back with him. Leif Davis was sort of coming the other way. Edmondson was going out that way. The, there was a big gap therefore in between sort of Wolfenden and Edmondson, and Wallace was flying through that gap with Vyman as well. So that yeah, there, there, there was a lot going on tactically in that sort of first sort of ten fifteen minutes, but we seemed to get on top of it, um, but. Obviously, then the goal came and it was sort of one of those ones where you look at where the move started, where it ended and sort of these a few little split second decisions, weren't they? Sort of Morsey goes for the ball, Harry Clark commits himself and then realises he's probably overcommitted and goes back for it. And then it's Wolfenden one-on-one with sort of half the pitch to cover against Fellows and he sort of has that chance to probably get across and win the header and just sort of clear man and ball with him but doesn't take it and then all of a sudden he's in the box and he's got him running at him and at that point you're really sort of up against that and he's very it's very very difficult to defend from that position and he comes inside good finish shot goes through Clark's legs and sort of in the back of the net and at that point it was frustrating it looked like we just sort of got back into the game we'd worked out what we were doing we'd we'd sort of worked their press out and we're sort of being quite good at the way we were going long to more every now and again and keeping them honest with it and dropping them back and we were finding space but then it's just a just a, just one of those things isn't it you get one nil down and it wasn't as early as it has been in previous games but still <laughs> yeah. letting the first goal in Dave the um I, I'm going to go my toxic positive and toxic negative on Wolfenden here all the toxic positive takes are no you're not allowed to criticize him you can't say anything bad about him look Guys, calm. That's too far one way. And oh, 
Wolfenden, bomb him out, he's terrible, that's too far the other. But Dave, to quote you, he looked like he was in control of the situation, as Joe mentions, at that point where Fellows is kind of pointing out towards the touchline. Wolfenden's got his body between him and the goal. And it is poor to then concede from that, isn't uh, it? Wolfenden and this is, I love Wolfenden. Yeah. I think Wolfenden gets himself in a good position. Initially, you know, when the ball drops, he gets himself in quite a good position. And there's just a moment slight hesitation where you're right. Instead of pushing, taking the ball, maybe taking the man as well. Christ, look, he's 40 yards from goal. Um, but he's probably got a better chance of, of taking the ball. Yeah, it's bouncing. But I think, as Joe probably said, he could perhaps get his head to that, stoop and get his head to that in a way. Um, hesitates and he just gets rolled by fellows. As Joe said, it's good play, pace, power. It just gets rolled by him. And it's, it's all a bit easy, isn't it? And and yeah, it's a good finish because he hits it, comes in, you know, by that time he's pretty much well, only eight yards out on the angle, isn't he? Cuts in, he hits it quite early. Um, maybe he's perhaps expecting one across him, but hits it quite early, as Joe said, through Clark. And yeah, like he's got no chance. It's a it's good play by fellows, but it's poor from Wolfenden. And I've heard butchers say this about him before. Maybe he's a bit hypercritical that yeah, in certain situations he's got he's got to sort of stand up, but he's got to be stronger there. And he, and he has, I think. I think you know sometimes there's a sometimes there is a a case for putting the ball in, as we said in row Z, and 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 there's a case for playing. And he just got caught between the two, and like that fatal moment's hesitation, he got done. It's weird because in in some ways a less talented centre back. Oh, deals who, with it. Not like Wolfenden, who thinks I'll probably jockey him. I can run with him. I can nick it away. Probably just plays the percentages and thinks I'll take the foul or or whatever. And and also secondary there, if you don't make the tackle, you've got to show him outside. You can't. You just can't let him come inside and roll. You can't. That's fatal. So at least if you can't make it, stay stay that side of him and show him show him out on his left foot. But yeah, as soon as he comes inside, it's great play by the by the lad. He looked. Proper live wire, didn't he? Yeah, he's just signed a new contract. Looks a good player, doesn't he? Dave, do you want to talk about Carlos Corberon's note or Connor Chaplin's miss? <laughs> um, Connor, well, Connor, Ch- yeah, Connor Chaplin's miss. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good bit of play from really, really good from Broadhead. He, he's, he's really good at timing those little bursts in those little five yard bursts. He times it really well. It's a good ball in the box. Um, Moore's a bit unlucky. I think he's crowded out maybe by Bartley and good clearance, actually, other. isn't it? Sorry? Good it's a great move. Bartley, yeah, a yeah. really good move. Patient build-up. And it, look, it falls to Chaplin. Yeah, it bounces. What is he? 12 yards out, centre of the goal. And it's that sort of thing. Two months ago, he shins that in. <laughs> he shins it or, or he kicks it against his other leg and it rolls in. You know, it's just, just one of those things. Um, and he's leaning back and the ball sort of bounces up. Bam, and yeah, I mean, you know, he's, we know he's such a good finisher. And nine times out of ten, he puts that one away. But just, just not... Not yesterday. And you could see he was distraught by it, really. You know, he puts those in in his sleep, doesn't he? But, yeah, one of those things. And, again, you think, well, you know, is this a different context to Maidstone? But thinking back, the, the previous home game, the chances you missed against Maidstone, you think, oh, come on, surely this is going to come back to haunt us again. It's bad miss, Joe, isn't it? It is. Like, when, you, when you watch the replay back, it does bobble up higher than it looks. It like but the second bounce is higher than the first bounce, and it does come up at him. But that is one you sort of need to be almost like volleying down into the ground, isn't it, to yeah. keep control of it. And like I say, we, for all the talk about like Wolfenden and the error he's made for the goal, this is a bigger error at the other end of the pitch, oh, yeah. isn't it? But it's never you never get the same level of criticism for missing a chance as you do for missing a header at the back, do you? But no, it's it's frustrating because Chaplin, I know he just hasn't quite been at it in front of goal for the last few weeks. But then in the second half, he does catch one well. and But unfortunately, that one goes straight at the keeper, doesn't it? But no, he's still such an important player for us. But I think he really could do with a goal at the moment. And yeah. the second half yeah. of the season, he went mad last year, <laughs> scoring sort of goal of the game, didn't he? So hopefully yeah. that will happen again. Um, Joe, I'm sort of talking about Carlos Corberon's note. What intrigued me is I thought his side were doing really well, but he wanted to go to a tighter three up front and kind of make it more a 4-3-3. And you probably wouldn't have seen it on Sky. They got a really good close-up of him literally going, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I, I never used to understand George Burley's bits and bobs, which Dave and I have discussed before. Same I, yeah. I understood that one, but... Um, you know, I don't want to sit here and blow smoke up the opposition's manager, but that's a bit of a sign, Joe, that um, really good chess match between Corberon and, and McKenna. Talk to me about 
wanting to be more compact and, you know, being one nil up and still wanting to tweak it. And kind of take us up uh, through the rest of the half, please. Well, there was, it, it seemed like they wanted to drop one man back rather than press sort of five. They were pressing with five at the start and they changed that back to four because a couple of times they went to press and Hladke's so good with the ball, he can just sort of click the ball over the top and it got to Kiefer Moore. And there were two or three times where Moore help, holds the ball up easily in midfield and helps us break from there. And they went from there. So it's really trying to, he was just trying to keep Darnell Furlong back, wasn't he? Because I think he was sort of at the start, he'd been committing quite high. And it was like, he was you could see him because it was the other side of the pitch to him, sort of shouting across to him to stay back and stay back to keep in that shape there. And no, he was showing a lot of respect to us. And it was it was a really interesting game, but it was just, it was frustrating the, how much time was being wasted by sort of the goalkeeper, the left back, the right the back. Townsend, yeah. And it was, I, I, I've never seen it before because... He, he was telling Townsend to hurry up. And he, there was one friend where he told, had, had him to hurry up twice and just didn't do anything about it. And then the keeper didn't. He was telling the keeper to hurry up. And then Furlong was doing it. And he was taking an age over a friend, like washing the ball on his shirt, which I don't think you're allowed to do anymore anyway now, doing that. And then he blows the whistle as though he's going to book him for time wasting. And then he starts looking around, really gesticulating around, then finds the captain, Jed Wallace, and goes over to him and and sort of does his like pointing around and saying no more time wasting. And it's a bit like, well, surely the, the way you stop the time wasting is to book the player for doing it, not to tell the captain to stop it after the third time. And you can see the next time they had a corner, he went to the keeper. He was like pointing at his wrist and sort of stop it for a bit. But I, I don't know. I've just never seen that before. It, it seems, like I say in, in the week where we've been hearing about, Oh, we're going to get a new blue card for certain types of fans. No, we're not talking like, about that today, Joe. But, but I mean, why don't, why don't the refs actually just apply the powers they've got currently to speed things up? Because Furlong should have been booked for that, no doubt. He took an, took an age of it, and he did get booked for one in the second, second half. Second half, well. didn't he? Yeah. Um, Dave, do you want to um, sort of just sum up half-time? And just, just to mention, we know, and it's going to be important that we set up, that Kyle Bartley sits on his backside just before half-time. And yeah, he's that, come out for the yeah second that half. was... Um, Dave, do you think West Brom were good value... For um for the lead at half time? Probably just about, I think. I mean, other than the glaring Chaplin miss, can remember many more. Um Clark had a fairly I was a bit disappointed. I think he should he could have got that in the corner, I thought, but seeing it back, I was I was actually in Sir Alf yesterday in the upper tier, and I thought that was a fair bit closer than it was. But yeah, decent strike. Actually, it was the edge of the box, decent strike. I think Palmer just got his hands to it. But other than that, did we really create too much. I think we were certainly in the um in the ascendancy as the half as the half wore on, but probably overall just about right on 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 the first sort of like you say 17, 18 minutes, twenty minutes alone probably. Um, so as we mentioned, Joe, um, Kyle Bartley's going to come out one of their two skyscraper mm-hmm. um, centre halves, and Nat Chalaber's going to come in and play in midfield and Yokusla is going to play centre half, which kind of and Nat Chalaber's had a great career, made lots of money, but that kind of weakens them twice, doesn't it? Because you lose the height at centre back and um international played like a ton of games for for them. So that that worked in our favour, Joe, didn't it? And an immediate response here. And would VAR have disallowed this one? It it definitely worked in our favour because I I thought that OK was sort of man of the match in the first half, but in the second half, he really struggled to deal with Kiefer Moore. He just he couldn't handle him. And it was, you see those ones where they, the defender starts getting overly physical and looks totally rattled at times trying to deal with him and dragging him down. taking try- three steps back. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then trying to get in front of him and every, everything like that. And it was like, so that, that really helped us. And Chalaber was nowhere near as good as OK was in the first half there. But the goal, I know Sky kept looking at this as a replay for handball, but for me... Obviously, it's a throw, long throw from Clark that gets headed back to Clark. Clark then heads the ball back really over the top. Good. Ed, really good. Ed, Edmondson goes up well, wins it. And then, yeah, it's a brilliant finish from Broadhead at the back post, sort of on the volley, sort of puts it back. Absolutely unsavable for the keeper. But for me, it looks like the ball comes off the defender's head mm. and then Edmondson's head rather than his arm. The mm. first touch, which they sort of look to see the arm, it, do, it doesn't look like it hits it to me. And I, I don't think you'd have found enough evidence to disallow that goal. And... I, I didn't. It wasn't even a consideration at the time that it had happened. Admittedly, I'm at the other end of the ground, but no, it was just a great, a great way to start the half because we all knew that West Brom are the side who, when they score the first goal, tend to go on and win the game. Yeah, yeah. And 
we know that they'd have been had 15 minutes at halftime, been given a new shape, given a set of told what they need to do. And within a minute, it was out the window and it was just a one half shootout to see who could win the game. Lovely finish. It was, such a, it, it was such a great finish that really, say underrated finish, but such a, because he really has to readjust. And that's a clever, and the ball's dropping as well. Great finish. Um, and then on we go. Um, and we're going to be on top. Can I, can I have a bit of a rant? Um, first of all, I'm going to get up on my high horse here because Daryl DK comes on and we'll just deal with him individually. Um, and he's been really unlucky with injuries. He's signed for a load of money for Valish Mail last season. He's had two big injuries. Innocuous jump up, lands down. I don't need to see a big close-up of his face crying as his professional dreams are being shattered on Sky TV. I, I don't know. You you guys were in the stadium. I was watching on TV. I just wanted to say that. It's just, uh, I know I rant a lot about how um, players are even mocked sometimes for getting injured and people, fans just say, oh, he's injured. He's out and forget. No, something on his body has broken. He's torn a muscle. He's in pain, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I just wanted to say that because that really ground my ground my gears and I thought it was unnecessary Dave. I know I know I wasn't sitting in my usual seat yesterday but I know I know the guy sitting two rows in front of me would have been going get up he's all right get up <laughs> get him off you know um yeah he was he was absolutely well he came right in front of us Joe he was distraught wasn't he absolutely distraught and apparently he's, he's was it his Achilles his other Achilles this time totally new injury apparently yeah it's frustrating you say the tv doesn't want it the tv shouldn't show that but there's things like a streaker will run on the pitch or pitch invader and <laughs> yeah, the cameras right. they go away from that and they say people don't want to see that and it's like no that is what we and they apologize see. for Id- idiots running on the pitch with an by, idiot. The, by the boom mic yeah i like say we, we don't want to say see people in like total mental anguish do we on the tv and i think <laughs> there, there was obviously a few exceptions but mostly the crowd had a sort of a respectful sort of moment with him going off the pitch there were generally people were clapping across the south stand there was a few people standing up like like that as idiots do yeah you're right but most people were respectful of and i think i think think, hopefully the west brom fans appreciate that because that's not something anyone wants to see i think most people in the ground were still laughing at mark murphy's pronunciation of his name (laughs) (laughs) um so look dk had come in and michael johnston um had come in as well and um (laughs) I dare say fortuitously, not that it'll be any um, consolation for Daryl DK, the pivot that Carlos Corberon has to make actually um, ends up being the goal scorer coming into the game, Dave. But um, we're on top here and looking the more... Yeah, we are. We are, I think. And Swift's that kind of player where you look through their team when the teams came in, you think, yeah, okay, good. Swift, because he's got that in his locker and he's Swift, Swift's on the bench. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind I don't mind seeing that. Um, yeah, was, oh, I don't know. Edmonton, Edmonton it's quite funny because Edmondson gets a, gets a ball in the penalty box. You know, he's looking for options and stuff. And he actually kind of looks at Davis. And I don't think Davis particularly being closed down, particularly um, in a sort of hurried fashion, but sort of switches it back on his right foot and plays a bit of a, is it a nothing ball, bit of an airy fairy ball for Harness? And in, in deference to Harness, he has only just literally been on a been on the pitch about a minute, and he just well, does he even get a touch? I think he just gets nicked off him. Is it Moet? Maybe even nicks it off him. I think. Um, and the, the, I think it's a bit of an exchange of passes, and then yeah, it's just a what was he twenty five yards out? <sighs> it's a, you can say a bit of both for what you're about to say, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, you can say it for me. Can't, is it though? I mean, it's. It goes, and you know, he's, he's, he is unsighted by Wolfen, and you know the ball bends. It's, it's quite a clever shot. I mean, literally, it brushes the post as it goes in, doesn't it? It's right in the corner, um, and I know there's some criticism. I think Joby McEnough, your your old pal Ben, sort of, I think, said on Sky that he thought he was perhaps a little bit slow to react, but yeah, it's right, a good yeah. strike. It's dipping and swerving in the corner. Yeah, maybe a little bit to blame, but yeah, it's a it's. I think it's just poor ball out from Edmondson, really. Bit of a nothing ball, isn't it, there, where you could, you know, maybe the safer option would be to... But that's the way we, you know, that's the way we play. We're encouraged to play like that. And, um, yeah, not great from Edmondson. Probably a little bit of a, 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 literally a pass 
given to Harness because he is he is just cold and perhaps he gets caught on his heels a bit. But I think overall that's a decent finish, to be fair. I, I'm kind of with Dave on that, Joe. I, I think two things can be true. And I think it is a good strike. Other than blasting it in the opposite top corner, it's pretty much the only way he scores from there, isn't it? And I just remember Pierre Van Hoydonk used to do that with his free kicks. He used to bounce them and try and get them do the opposite to everybody else. So, look, it's not one of those. If you, I don't know if you saw the Coventry Millwall game today where Hadji Wright hits the shot and literally it goes through the keeper's hands and you say, you know, that is, that's a real bad. It's not yeah, one of those, but it's not great either, is it, Joe? What's your take? It's, it's from behind the goal. I'm sitting behind the goal, so I'm watching the ball in the whole way. And it looks to me like he should get across there, but it doesn't go through his hands. But does it not go through his hands because he um, maybe doesn't sort his feet out quick enough and doesn't maybe. get across there? It looked to me like he should have got across there. But it's, is it, like I say, is I, it another one of the recent weeks where, he's, where his weight is on the wrong? He's I don't sort think almost, so you know, on that one, Dave, is it? He doesn't seem to lean, does he? He just looks I'm a bit not, slow I haven't noticed whether he does or not. I know there's been a slight criticism of the Christ for the Jack Clark goal, goodness me, but and, and one or two. But I, yeah, look, it's a, it, I, I think overall that's a good strike, and he is he is unsighted. And then and, and you're right, other than going in the other top corner, that's probably the only way he scores there. Yeah, um, that really knocked the wind out of my sails, Joe. Cool. Fortunately, it didn't knock the wind out of the the team's sails, and. Um, Again, I do respect that West Brom are still, even though they're it's more a five-four-one shape now. They're still trying to get out and um, counter-attack, and here comes the cavalry um, from off the bench. So, um, Harness and Hutchison, Dave, you already mentioned Harness was in. Um, Al Hamadi and Sarmiento are going to come in as well. Cam Humphrey is actually going to finish the game at left back. Um, Joe, what was your take on going behind again, you know, for the one millionth time this season, coming from behind to get something and how the goal sort of came about? I guess it's the um, almost like immovable object meets immovable force of West Brom when they go in front don't tend to concede goals. We, when we go behind, always score goals to get back into it. So. Mm it looked like something was going to have to give. But I thought we were I thought we were really good from this point on. And West Brom sort of got deeper and deeper and we just really got on top. And I, I don't think they I don't think they had a single shot after they scored a goal, did they? And I mean, should we mention uh, tactically, I mean, how early did they take off a San, um um Thomas Santi San Ian Fellows? Like fifty three, was it? Uh, yeah, and I, I thought yeah. it, maybe fifty yeah, six, yeah. Fifty six, sorry, yeah, but really, no, really yeah, early. Your, your point stands, yeah. Yeah, that, that that did seem too early to me because it seemed like it just played into our hands a little bit. A little, yeah. a little bit like when we played Cardiff earlier in the season and Bullet just sort of almost just conceded like any attacking thrust and they were just yep. going to sit back and try and defend the lead. And yeah, whilst they are whilst they are good at it, sort of defending, you, we are very good at attacking and, and you put the players on there for Hutchinson came on and made a massive difference. Oh. Like he was excellent down that right-hand side and that is just, that is how you want them to play, isn't it? Here you go, 25 minutes, go and just cause some havoc. Don't worry about defending. Just get up there, get the ball and make things happen. I thought Harry Clark was brilliant going forward and supporting him. I thought those two down that side were working well. Davis was doing well. I really like the look of Al Hamadi from what we've seen of him so far. He's really sharp Great around there. Armour, Joe, oh. from that low shot by... And that was, that this, was this is one thing we're saying. There. We're talking about... I know they're not a normal ex-parachute team because it's a basket case with a Chinese ownership and there's no money. But there's still, as Kieran McKenna pointed, there's still a load of ex-Premier League players there. Picked up all the good free agents with Wallace and Swift. And I'm sitting here talking about how good their keeper was as well, Joe. Yeah, and it is. They do still have the players who've got that Premier League physicality, don't they? And mm. you've got that alongside a very, very smart coach. So he he can set these teams up and knowing that he's got the players to follow the instructions. Where sometimes McKenna, he's got players that have and most of these guys are signed in League One. He has to he has to set the set the team up to maybe hide some of the weaknesses we've got in the squad. So he's sort of maybe doing a little bit with one hand behind one hand behind his back compared to a core brand and especially compared to a Leeds Leicester Southampton at the top of the league. But like I say we were really good from this point on. Hutchinson scores a really good goal. It's um sort of takes that little extra chance to have that half 
that sort of that second bounce and leaves it and then sort of strikes it well. Maybe the defender on the line could do a little could do a little bit better. And I sort of I said to my dad when that went in, I said, look, we've got five minutes to try and win this game now. And cool, we really did try and win it over those five minutes, didn't we? Um, big thank you to David um, watching live there. 10 euros on the super sticker. Thank you so much, David, for your support. And the other David, um, weird that we scored two set plays against West Brom, who are a very good defensive side and very good at set plays. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, I say it was Sarmiento Corner, wasn't it? it was, and it, yeah, finds its way, it's, finds its way at Hutchison. He was on fire, I thought. He was really, as Joe said, he was really good for those, what, 20-odd minutes he was on. And um, yeah, it's a really powerful, powerful finish. And then, as Joe, as you said, after um, just after that, great close control on the edge of the box on Mabadi, brilliant turn and, uh, you know, a foot, a foot either side, a foot to the left. That's that's the winning Did goal. Did you call him it? El Mahamedy then, the old Aston Villa and Hull player? I don't think so. I don't think. I think I did. <laughs> that's what I, I heard. I, I don't think so, I did. Some, someone wind that back. And no, I'm sure one I didn't. of us is wrong. No, I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> and um, and it's a hell of a save from Palmer. Really low, strong, strong left hand. Absolutely brilliant save. And um, yeah, got them. Uh, got them. That's that's what's won them the point there. But yeah, really strong finish. I quite agree with Joe. That game goes on another five minutes, and I think we nick it probably. <laughs> And there was just before that as well, there's a chance that Kiefer Moore had where Al Hamadi wins the header, knocks Brilliant. it down, Moore gets the ball, turns, and the keeper's out quickly and sort of between the keeper and the defender, they block it. But we were, we were really, really pushing at that point. And as the final whistle goes, the sort of three or four of the West Brom team just come oh, onto the floor. You look at they were absolutely out of their feet. And I think yeah. whilst, like I said, we're talking about this sort of going into conclusion of the game, yeah, it's one win in nine. But I, I, I think the... The, the run sounds a lot worse than the performances have been in it. And when you look at that game yesterday, this is a team that we didn't lay a glove on a few months ago. We've, we, we were an improved side since then. We may not be getting the luck that we were getting at that stage because we were coming out on the right side of every tight game. And it seems at the moment we're not, but we've had a real tough run. We've come out the other side of that. We've been picking up points consistently, just not as many as we'd like. And you see the end of that game. We looked like we looked like we could have played for another twenty minutes, and they looked like they could barely play for another twenty seconds at the end of that game. It was we've got a real good fit, solid squad now to push on with. Yeah, Dave, what did you make of Keeper Moore? It was great to be able to see that this team that's been so good at passing through the thirds is now able to play into a. It sounds like I'm having a pop at George Hurst there. I'm not, but play into a front man who can play with his back. No, to you're goal right. I mean, very up that way. Very, very rarely did we do that to Hurst. I think one of the whole goals we did that when Halagi goes long and he gets away. And but yeah, there were two or three times when the press was really was really high and he just chips it over in the midfield. And yeah, as Joe said, two or three times he just kills it instantly, either drops his shoulder and just plays it wide to plays it wide to either Clark perhaps or maybe Luang and, and maybe or Davis as well. So yeah, it's just great that we've got that option. And I think wasn't too noticeable, but yeah, I say three or four times. I think probably we went long to him yesterday than we would have done this season when Hurst was when Hurst was probably playing. Um, didn't really was he that too much of a goal threat? I suppose there was the one where Joe just said where um, Al Hamadi um, <laughs> knocks it knocks it down superb superbly. Where he really jumps well, really really good combination there. And then um, I think obviously the one in the first half where Broadhead, where the Chaplin missed, where he, he nearly gets on the end of that one. But other than that, I wouldn't say he was a, too much of a goal threat yesterday. But yeah, as you said, they had two hulking centre halves certainly in the certainly in the first half. So no, I mean I think on the on the face of it, my first sort of sight of him again and on his return, yeah, he looks he looks good. I think he'll do he'll do really well for us. I haven't been on the podcast since he signed. I was going to say it's a bit like Robbie Williams when he left. Take that. He left as the disgraced fat dancer. And then when they came back together, all of a sudden he was not only on their level, but he'd been performing above their level. And that's kind of what Kiefer Moore's done to us a little bit. There's a Gary Barlow, Robbie Williams link. And here's a promo from Innovation Labs. Innovation Labs, providing co-working and innovation hubs across East Anglia. We're the perfect place for remote workers, freelancers, startups or innovators to do business. Our unique member network creates extensive business development and collaboration opportunities. Hot desks are available from £20 a day or £99 per month, with business coaching also available from £50. Innovation Labs, turning your ideas into multi-million pound businesses. Located in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, with new sites in Thetford, Norwich, and Kuala Lumpur. Opening soon. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Koala Limba, how about that? Um, This is what else happened in the championship this round. Um, It's getting interesting at the bottom, lads. Wednesday 2, Mogger and Birmingham nil. Um, It was Blackburn 3, (laughs) John Eustace of Blackburn against Stephen Schumacher of Stoke. Got to love the managerial merry-go-round. Uh, Cardiff nil, Preston two, which um, I, don't, I don't feel great about our performance against Preston, but um, I don't know, irrelevant. There's, there's bad news and irrelevant news, David. Hull nil, Swansea one. Bet you didn't call that one. Bloody Leeds three, Rotherham nil, but I think we'd already written that one off, hadn't we? Middlesbrough one, Bristol City two. Uh, it was QPR two, Norwich two. Um, Southampton five, Huddersfield three. Um, I was asked today on a show I was doing on my own channel, will Southampton ever lose a game <laughs> ever? Ever. <laughs> um, Sunderland three, Plymouth one, hulking journey for Plymouth and um, uh, three one defeat there. Watford one, Leicester two. They've already got about 900 points, haven't they? Um, and today. Interestingly, going into Wednesday, and I watched every minute of this, Coventry 2, Mill Wool 1. Joe Fares, anything you would like to pick out of this weekend's results in the championship before we go to the table? I'll, I'll avoid the obvious ones around us. We all know the teams around us keep winning, but Coventry 2, Mill Wool 1. Obviously, Mill Wool are have a day's less rest before they play us on Wednesday now. And when you see the way they seem to fade out of the game as well, I know Coventry got on top, but Millwall just, maybe it's because they've got a new manager that's come in mid-season that's asking for different things from them, but they don't look like they've got a good, solid, full 90 minutes in them. And when we talk, we're talking about how we just were going and going right to the very end there with the way we use the bench and the squad being super fit. I really think that that is a chance, that sort of second half on Wednesday night is one where we should look to hopefully run all over them and come up with, the goods was was Barton goal? No, no. and Sarkic big error for the um. Yeah, no. The, I, when you said that, I thought, oh, I know it's yeah. Bart. But anything yeah. else you wanted to mention, Dave, from this past weekend? Um, not really. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it, but there was a volley from Joe Rothwell in there for Southampton. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> sweet, talk about a sweet volley. Holy, it's one of those ones where you hit. And he, he's, you know, you hit it. He's hit through the ball. And it absolutely rockets in, doesn't it? It's, it's like um, one of those ones. Like my boys watch a lot of like YouTube and like the oh, freestylers, and they see them hitting these like, oh, perfect volleys in the top corner. It was literally just perfect. Um, no, I mean, other than that, I think Bamford thumps one in the net for Leeds' first goal. You know, I mean, and, and I think overall, I know we talk about fine margins and and small margins, fine margins. Um, yeah, maybe for us at the moment, they're slightly perhaps going against us ever so slightly where maybe in certain games I can think of ball hitting two posts against QPR. Do, Dave, do you want to blame me for this? I went to Watford. I saw you I at did. Watford, no, didn't I? Will, I? If I, can. I did my post-match vlog and I said, 
for the last year, every coin flip game Ipswich have been in, yeah, they've won it. And it seems that right since that moment, um, oh, the coin see. has been I think every the other way. Everyone pile on you. 23 was our year, pile wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was very much. Let's have a look at the table. Um, so let's have just the 75 points. Let's not talk <laughs> about them. Uh, so I've had to move on to 64. They are 22 EFL games unbeaten. That would be half a season. But do you remember last year, ladies and gentlemen, a certain opponent of us went 23 games undefeated well, and then didn't win the next eight. But uh, Southampton aren't playing Forest Green on the telly um, <laughs> at, at the weekend. Um, anyway, uh, Leeds, look at that, six wins in a row, I think yeah. it is. They go on to Ooh. 63. And we find ourselves in the miraculous position of being on two points per game which literally every year in the history of the championship gets you second place. I think Sunderland is the record holder in 97-98. They scored 90 points, finished third, and then lost in the playoff final to Charlton on penalties. Charlton, who beat us in the semis, of course. But there we are in fourth position. Um, and, yeah. Let's how many, just quickly, on. how many points realistically, Ben, you must have just thought about this, are Leicester going to finish with? Um, I think it's still projecting. Someone do the maths in the chat for us. Still projecting around 110, isn't it? And um, <laughs> what is, is what is the Reddit? What is Reddit? 106 was it Reddit? So modern day um, sort of post Premier League and rebranded championship record is Reading with um, 106 points. Yeah, it was. There you go. Ten, Ten wins, a draw, and four defeats gets them to there, doesn't it? Oh, yes, I mean, 111. He's the first person to answer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> assume he's talking complete factual business then um guys get your questions in right now stick a cue before them and a question mark after them and you will increase your chances of them being asked we'll try and ask as many as possible apologies if we don't get to your question we love having you in the chat we love having you so much that we think you should hit the like button right now if you're watching on youtube if you're listening after the fact on podcast we appreciate you exactly equally as much as the people who are watching live. And we would invite you to come and watch live each and every Sunday at 8 p.m. Um, we are in association today also with NordVPN. Uh, you need to head to nordvpn.com slash Blue Mondays. Link in the description for more info to activate your Blue Monday subscriber discount support the podcast in the process 30 day money back guarantee if you change your mind we're going to be super super busy this week with it being a three game week um, i think we've got some volunteers who are going to avoid castration by showing up on valentine's day to talk about the millwall game which Christ. joe and dave are going to talk to you about after we've done the um q a which is looking great in the chat actually um and then um, we haven't quite decided yet. We might um, we might go pre-record or we might be live again on Thursday. Let us know what you want to see. But we'll certainly have plenty of Ipswich Town content for you this season. Guys, let's do this dance we do every time. I ask you to answer quickly. You completely ignore me. You both answer every question and you answer for about three minutes. But I'll say it anyway. Nice quick answers for me. We'll start with David Diamond's quick answer. To Andrew's question here, um, will Moore and Al Mohamedy play from the start at Millwall? No. <laughs> um, and Dave will talk in more detail about that when we preview the Millwall game. Nick, does the first 30 league games confirm we are the fourth best team in the league, uh, Joe? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, right. Okay. You're taking the no, piss out. No, me. no. I um, <laughs> deserve this, don't I? <laughs> I? I think I think it's clear that Leicester are the best team in the league, and then. There's there's not a huge amount between us, Southampton and Leeds. Like Southampton have pulled ahead at the moment. Leeds are effectively on the same points per game as us. If we win our game in hand, which everyone should remember is at home against Rotherham, then we're on the same points as Leeds. But there is a big gap between the top four and the rest of the division. And we are very, very much part of that top four and deservedly so. Do you, do you see Southampton's next two two games? Some tasty away games there. Bristol City yeah, away, Bristol I think. City Bristol and West, City away and, get, and West Brom. And West yeah, Brom. I might try and get to that um, West Brom game. Although it might, might just be um, might just be painful, mightn't it? Um, rotation Wednesday, Dave. We'll get into it in more detail, but fairly likely, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, JG, just watched Town in five, Joe. Uh, bench on the camera showing their reaction to the equaliser. Found it quite telling. Oh, that's an interesting point that Walton was the only one not celebrating. Did you spot that, Joe? I haven't, I haven't watched that yet and or spotted it, but I think Walton... I'm visualising, Joe, sorry to interrupt, Stan Collymore um, on the bench when Liverpool win 4-3 the next season after he scored the winner. He's the only one who doesn't celebrate. Yeah, carry on, Joe. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's probably likely that Walton is off in the summer. We've got another, we've got an option on his contract. I'd imagine we'll take the option and try and pick up a fee for him because... He came here to play games and he sort of dropped down to League One to play games, was the best goalkeeper or the Golden Glove winner in that league, kept a ludicrous amount of clean sheets and has now found himself out of the team and also sort of found our style has evolved to one that he probably struggles struggles to play in. Uh, Dave, this week in Brandon Williams, Eesh. go. <laughs> uh, no, I personally haven't got any news on um, whether Brandon Williams is uh, is on his way back. Um, from what we understand, I think there was something from within the club last week that he is back or he is coming back. But um, yeah, I don't think anybody knows any anything more than that. Do, do they, Joe? Well, at the at the end of the window, Kieran McKenna said he should be back in 10 to 14 yeah, days so it's right. now the 11th of february so yeah. if he's not back by the weekend then i guess we're not going to see a huge amount yeah. more of him throughout the rest of the season because it's just going to be months sort of effectively that he's not been here now uh, by the way sorry i didn't mention it congratulations to natasha thomas third mm. female player in interest town history to make her 200th 200 she thinks he's matt holland um appearance uh this afternoon i believe we had thought she would have scored with her goal-scoring record. Didn't manage to get on the score sheet in a 2-2 draw against Cheltenham. Um, this has come up a lot this week. I've been asked this about 700 times this week, Joe, so you can answer. Uh, you think McKenna, Mr. Ipswich Town, will go elsewhere if we don't get promoted? Um, yeah, it's quite, quite probable, isn't it? He's a, he's a manager who's going to the top with or without us. Sadly, it's just hope we can sort of hang on to him for as long as we can to in, enjoy the ride. But if uh, if there's a good premiership job available, then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna struggle to keep him. I don't don't uh, think that result earlier at the London Stadium did us any favours, did it? Perhaps. Oh, what's, uh, that is, yeah, that, it, that is one. But like I say, it, rain on my strawberries. It's, it's very difficult <laughs> no. to see what level he can get to, doesn't it? Because yeah. you, you think if West Ham change their manager, they'd they'd it's want some like, Joe, isn't it? Good European yeah. experience, and yeah. like I, say, I don't think anything. Well, nothing will happen until the end of the season, at the very earliest. So I'm sure we, we can enjoy him for a fingers few crossed, Joe. No one can take my 2023 away from me, and you stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> being frank. On Ipswich Town, Dave. Now, you're always frank on Ipswich Town, aren't you? Oh, uh, when can we expect frank. to see George Hurst back? Um, he was quite enjoying a little cameo on um, Sky TV with Jovi and Robert Henshaw, wasn't he? Uh, was he Was he in the studio? Yeah. He's in studio yeah, nice before one. the game. Yeah. Nice one. Um, I mean, I think the original, the original um, diagnosis was that perhaps we'd be potentially lucky to see him back if heaven forbid we're in, the, we're in the playoffs or something like that i think yeah it's very very much the end of season isn't it um eric we've already spoken about wednesday so we'll get on to that lots of people um talking about that michael do you think if we play one up top al mohammed is more suited to our style than keith for more joe al who ben did oh, i did say he? al mohammed yeah. did he i think he might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching I, I David I, he, Diamond's phone. E L M O H. What's his first name? Al Al Ali Al, Ali Ali El Muhammad. No, the Villa hey. player. What's his oh. first name? El Muhammad. He used to call him Elmo, didn't he? Like off yeah. the. Still got very steep bruise very quickly. Can we stop talking about my mistakes, please, and um, and answer the question, please, David? I think I think he looks a really good fit for our for our style shape the, the way we play the way the energy he's got but ultimately he's not got the experience or the quality that Kiefer Moore's got at the moment so whilst he might be a better fit he's of a he's of a lower quality so you, you go with your best player in that role don't you um Alex has Hutchinson's last two sub appearances earned him a start at Millwall Dave sometimes I love him as a substitute yeah you can just I know throw him in and say go and throw it's some not, grenades in it's just not so effective is he that's the, that's the annoyance he's not but he must be you know but 
Yeah, I, I, like you, I much prefer him off the bench. You know, last 20, 25 minutes. That's, that's when he's had his. That's when he's played his best football for. Well, that's when he's made his most appearances for us this season. But yeah, I, he's he is a really, really great impact sub, isn't he? However, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him perhaps start on Wednesday, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he's done enough to earn a start but it's mm. just what what position he plays in because yeah. he comes in on that right hand side and does well for Burns and makes a lot happen but I think it's almost forgotten how good Burns is at getting back and forth all game helping our shape helping us build that platform for him to then yeah. come on and take advantage of isn't there so mm. it's a difficult one but yeah if, if he starts he's I don't think anyone could argue that he doesn't deserve it with the impact he's made in the last few games Can, could Salmiento do it on a wet and blowy um, Wednesday night at Millwall Ben oh. He's, he's from um, South, southwest London, isn't he? So he should be fine. The problem That's is, true. is that um, Broadhead gets like the Paolo Di Canio treatment with the away games. He sometimes gets a rest in the away games. But we've got back-to-back away games, haven't we, at um, Millwall and Swansea? So mm. it's almost like, you know, I'll, I'll accept no Nathan Broadhead slander here. But I, w- I would accept, OK, comes back in a home game at the weekend. But do you save him for Rotherham in... You know the the follow is it following Tuesday. We've got the yeah, got the got, Rotherham game. It's all stacked up, isn't it? Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Wise man. All the, all the Welsh, said. all the Welsh lads surely have got to be in the team for Saturday, haven't they? They'll be well up for that. Um, this is a great question from Streaky. I heard a comment yesterday suggesting Kieran McKenna should now start full planning for playoffs. I can't agree yourselves. What I would say to that is we have seen teams win the playoffs by doing just what Mr. Streaky has said there. David Wagner's Huddersfield were just completely prepped for the playoffs. Luton last season had no chance of um, going up automatically and were just brilliantly sort of prepped for the prep for the playoffs. So there's a I take certain... it I, I take it given our perhaps current form, but we're still in there though, aren't we? We're still we are, in there. We, we are, Dave, but we can't think about that, that yet, can we? I know, but sometimes that people were saying this last year, though, as well. People were saying this yeah. last year as well. Do we well, start aiming the playoffs? Sometimes that. My point is, sometimes that team wins the playoffs. Is all I'm saying. But also, but how how do we aim for the playoffs? What do, yeah. what do we do to prepare ourselves for playoffs? Try and win as many games as football as possible and build up some momentum. So yeah, to up, be fair, both the teams I've just been talking about were well practice penalty shootouts um, every single day, <laughs> ten times a day is what you can do. But yeah, perhaps it's, it's, both the examples I've given were. Um, counter-attacking, more sort of defensive-minded teams. I, so you I make can understand the sort of yeah. conditioning part of the, like you want to make sure everyone's fresh going into it and if you're a few games away from it and you can mm. rotate your players and make sure they're all 100%. But the way we worked with our sports science last year and how it looks this year, how fit we look at the moment, it's a relatively easy schedule from here on until the end of the season with regards to how many games and how many midweeks you've got. There's not a huge amount now, so... Sure. We just have a full run at it. And I just wonder whether the squad rotation quietens down a little bit now because we've had the sort of over that Christmas, January period, whether now it's just like we now know what our best team is. And rather than make three or four changes at weekdays, we now just are like, this is our team. We're picking it and we're just going to well, go. That happened go last year, Joe, didn't Which it? is what we did last year. And, and surely, you know, until it's, I'm saying not mathematically, but yeah, until it's definitely out of reach, I, I don't see how you can condition yourself for the playoffs. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm just saying it's not a ridiculous thing to, and, and I'm sure um, knowing how fastidious Kieran McKenna is, that will be being done anyway for the eventuality. I mean, that, the, the, the that two we're teams, there, it? the two teams you mentioned, Luton and Huddersfield, were never going to go up automatically, were they? No, 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 which is a fair point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, guys, absolutely amazing work in the chat. I'm so sorry if your question didn't get asked. There's guys, there's literally about another. 40 questions in, but most of them are pointing towards Wednesday night and Millwall. And um, Joe's already kind of touched on this a little bit. I watched Millwall today. Um, <laughs> Joe's actually picked up on the bit that's advantageous to um, us in that they did fade badly. Um, they're actually very good for the first 25 minutes of um, this game. Uh and yes, I'm aware that a football match lasts for an hour and a half, not um, 25 minutes. But um, this is all very different. We got so used to knowing Millwall under Neil Harris and Gary Rowett as being something rather different, but um, tactically a little bit different today 
um, Dave. They played quite narrow up front with SA and Fleming um, nice and close to Oberfemi. Honeyman and Dinor were buzzing about. And um, the only thing that um, kind of smacked of Neil Harris or Gary Rout was for their goal, they brought good old Jake Cooper up to halfway and he, he, he won a knockdown you know, to set uh, their attack going. But um, what's your take on this trip to Millwall? I do remember the home game. We scored two really lovely passing passing goals in. But um, the cliche says, always a hard place to go, Millwall. Is it though? What is their home record this season? Keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. And are they are they also, I mean, as, as Joe's point mentioned, they faded second half. Obviously, they got beat. Uh, are they in any sort of trouble? Are they sort of fairly? I, mean, I, can't, I can't say I've really noticed where they are on the table, but they're certainly no one. Dave, the... for the second time tonight, you've embarrassed and humiliated me. Oh. There is the home league table with Millwall. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> with Millwall in twenty uh, first. Is that their home record? Really? That can't no. That's yeah. No. Millwall in twenty first. We've only don't look at the form guide. I think that's the form everywhere. But that's the home table there. So just over a yeah, I've got it right, haven't I? Just over. Um, a point per game. So, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. at home. That's their yeah. home form. Wow, that's their home form. We've got wow. sixteen points from yeah. um, from fifteen, yeah. fifteen games. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, Dave, what was your question? No, 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 no. I was saying, you know, where were they? What, what well, that was it. You answered it. What was their home for? And where, where were they? You know, are they, you know, a, a two or three more defeats for them in the next? Let's hope. Yes, sorry, two or three games. Are they uncomfortably? Um, uncomfortably they are. Yeah. Yeah, they very much are. Let me just talk to you about this relegation picture quickly and you can snap it back into the Millwall conversation. But if you look at the past few rounds, you can see QPR are actually in promotion form. Um, actually, no, oh, yeah. I can't say two points per game across four games is promotion form because we've got bloody two points per game across 30 and we're four. Um, <laughs> but yeah, normally. Um, Huddersfield are going to change the manager soon, but you can see as well they've got... Um, Six points in four going into an away game at the weekend against Southampton. And then we started to get a big sort of cluster of teams there. Stoker stoking it, even though we all think Stephen Schumacher is really good after last season. He can't get a tune out of them. Birmingham lost pretty haplessly. And we've got the yeah. um we've got John Eustace now managing Blackburn going back to Birmingham on Tuesday as well. So a long-winded answer to your question, Dave. Yes, um QPR at the moment, could um, kind of hook somebody. What do, you, what do you think, Joe? I think um, someone in the comments mentioned about losing a lot of points and winning positions, but I think they've lost stuff like 24 points from winning positions this season. Oh, we've, yeah. probably, we've probably there gained go. that on the other side of it as well. And um, mm. it, this, I know you sort of can't go into the games too confident, but this does strike me as one that McKenna's going to have a game plan. Our players are going to be much more advanced in our progress our process than what Millwall are. Joe Edwards has gone in there earlier this season. I thought he was thoroughly outcoached at Portman Road by Kieran McKenna and I think that that will probably happen again. I just, I just think we'd, we'd probably just our patterns of play every, I think everything will sh- just points to us being just a little bit too far ahead of Millwall at the moment. They're very much in a transition season trying to make sure that they can stay up, have a good pre-season with Joe Edwards and go into it next season where I think we're we're that we're that year ahead of them in this process, and I, and I think that will be that that will be too much for them on Wednesday night. I think with our sort of fitness, our con- conditioning, our spirit, the way we can come back from going goals down, even if we do, I, I, I think we should be all right on Wednesday night. I mean, you go there a lot, Ben, don't you? I mean, over the recent seasons, you've been there a fair bit. I mean, how how you know? Obviously, on a reasonably bad run, we go one up, we go two up. How are the crowd going to react to that? Are they? <laughs> Millwall crowd always turns, whatever's happening. Um, well, that's why, yeah. Funnily enough, and I hope this is a good barometer for us, I was at Millwall Leeds earlier in the season. And um, to be fair, Rowett was um, still there at, at that point and I hadn't switched over to Joe Edwards. But you know what it's like there. You know the first 10, 15 minutes they'll, you know, they'll be at it. But, yeah, it can this is, this is the thing. There, this it? is the thing. This is what's you know what we have got to what we really have got to improve. I mean, the, you know, our last look up. It's been a feature of, of the away games. Well, you know, most since certainly what, November, November, December time is certainly. Yeah, you know, we can't concede early goals there. We no, can keep, you, keep that tight you, and get the crowd offside as such. Do you agree with Joe's point, Dave? That um, you're going against the team 
that's gone from a pragmatic style for five years yeah, ago, okay. um, to one where they're trying to, and to be fair, they did it really well for, for 25 minutes today at um, Coventry. Remember though, Coventry don't play how we do. Coventry are quite happy to Venus flytrap it and sit and strike, aren't they? But I think, do, do you think, do you agree with Joe that it kind of matches no, I do up agree quite with well Joe. for us? It just takes time to evolve. It just takes time to evolve. And and, and as, as Joe quite rightly said, you know, they I suppose their aim this season is to perhaps stay up, push the mid table push the mid table and then reevaluate in the um reevaluating the close season and you know, with a an eye pushing on next season. Um can we get your sort of rough elevens? I know I haven't given you any time to think about it, Joe. Um I'd go well I'd I i would not make many changes. I'd go Hadkin Girl, Clark, Wolfenden. I'd, I'd I don't know about Burgess's fitness, but mm. I'd I'd be getting him back into the team as sort of as soon as I can because I think he's that he gives us that lovely balance there with with Wolfenden, mm. Beef Davis left back, assuming that he was okay. I know he went off, which doesn't normally happen there. Morsey, I do think Luongo struggles with the three games in the week, so I think there'll be someone else in there alongside Sam Morsey, probably Lewis Travis because mm. Jack Taylor's out at the moment, isn't he? So Lewis Travis and there might give us a bit more bite and sort of combativeness in the midfield and then Joe, I keep quickly, with Burns sorry. in there. Can I just chime in there, Joe? I'm so sorry to interrupt. That was where they dropped off um, in central midfield. Denor and um, Honeyman were brilliant um, in the first bit and that, to, uh, that they just kind of came to me to your point of them dropping off. That was the big area. Yeah, I'd keep with Burns in on the right and then yeah, like Chaplin's role, I think maybe he's he's one that you could maybe give a rest to, whether that's Hutchinson, whether that's Al Hamadi, whether it's Marcus Harness, I don't know, but I think you could maybe get him in there. I'd, I'd maybe go with um, Hutchinson in there and then I'd probably go back with Sarmiento on the left ahead of Broadhead, give him the break because I think him and Luongo are the two that struggle the most with the three game weeks and sort of getting fresh for Swansea on Saturday and Kiefer up front. So yeah, only, only a couple of changes. Dave as well, if, if the back three is um, Tanganga, Harding and Cooper, might be as well to have a dribbler in the in the ten, like Joe says, might suit. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I would personally play Travis alongside Morsey in this one. Give give Luongo a, Luongo to sit it out. I know he wasn't bad yesterday, but I think as, as Joe said, a three game week perhaps catches up with him. And yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see um, Broadhead get rested also. Maybe harness or um. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a choice, isn't it? Harness Sarmiento or um, Harness Sarmiento or Hutchinson. I wouldn't be surprised if Hutchinson, he was so good yesterday. He probably, as Joe said earlier, he deserves a start, I think. Yeah, there you go. Um, guys, absolutely fantastic. That has flown by. Thank you for you lot in the chat. Um, I try and control the whole board here, and the chat was just rolling and rolling and rolling. So sorry we didn't manage to get too many comments up. Thank you to David um, for the super chat as well. Uh, the super sticker earlier in the show. It's going to be wool to wool content, Millwall to wool content. I should have that one set up, shouldn't I? Um, we will be live after the Millwall game. Safe travels for anybody traveling down to South Bermondsey this <laughs> Valentine's Day. Um, we will then be back with a preview for the Swansea game and um, all being well, um, assuming no one's being rested or picked up a slight knock. The three of us will probably be back next Sunday. Um, for the uh, flagship show. Last word from you, Joe. Um, yeah, just big week coming up, isn't it? And a big nine game. So these are the sort of the part of the fixture list we've pinpointed as this is where we can make some hay once we've got that out of the way. And we said this last year and last year we did and in style went on a went on a run through, through those games. And hopefully we can do the same this year. It won't be as easy as it turned out to be last year. But yeah, two games coming up this week that we just got to sort of try and get six points from. Dave, last word from you, fella. Yeah, agree with that. Um, and interest the three protagonists in second, third, and fourth, all all two away games. All both um all, all three are all, uh, two away games coming up. So um yeah, with, with our away looking at their away games and I mean Southampton, looking looking at their away games, our away games, look, could 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 be back in second this time next Sunday. <laughs> what a way to finish it. Thank you for watching and listening to the Blue Monday podcast. We'll see you soon.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.